Steelers' perfect season in the trash. And that's our opponent this upcoming week. The Steelers lost. The Bills, on the other hand, they beat the San Francisco 49ers. You know me. I'm your guy, Jake, with A. Rich. How's it going today? My boy, Jacob A. Rich, Akeem Richens, built in Buffalo. If you don't know us by now, get to know us. Victory Tuesday. Jacob, I feel great. I woke up a winner. <laughs> and whenever you wake up a winner, uh, uh, you have a, a pep to your step. And uh, uh, all of Bill's mafia, I'm pretty sure, had a pep to their step this morning. Yeah, you know, that was a decisive victory. It was probably the cleanest game We've played debatably this season. I like, especially from Josh Allen, I thought that game was perfect. He had an amazing performance. We're going to get into that, but uh, let's start by going around the NFL, show the scores from around the NFL this week, and then we'll get into our beloved Bills. Of course. So we're going to start off with... The big elephant in the room. The Steelers are no longer undefeated. They lose to the Washington football team by a score of 23-17. to 17. Yeah, you know, uh, the Washington football team, credit them. A lot of people was talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers struggling and uh, they may lose to the Bills and they may run into a hiccup with the Bills. But all this time. The Washington football team been in their in their path, in their way. And I don't even think this is a trap game. The Washington football team have a young nucleus with Chase Young and Montez Sweat in that front four. And Alex Smith, he doesn't make mistakes. And uh, they got the victory. Shout out to them. And I'll say something about both teams here. I, th- I personally, I think the Steelers are, I think they're overrated. I mean, sure, they, were, they had a perfect record up to the, this point, but... They didn't play anybody. Washington, on the other hand, their quarterback situation, they have Alex Smith in there. Say what you will about that. Kudos to him for even be playing right now. But Washington football team, definitely a young emerging team. I think uh, they're going to take the NFC East this year. That's my prediction. Uh, it's going to be tough. They definitely have a more favorable schedule. The Giants beat them twice. But again, you know, uh, they have the same record. You know, so it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting down the stretch from them two teams in the NFC East. Moving on to an AFC East rival, the Patriots, with a forty-five to nothing victory over the Chargers, our opponent last week. Wow. Yeah, you, and you know what that is? It, it, that shows that the Chargers have a coaching problem. And Anthony Lynn is a major problem. And when you go up against a guy like Bill Belichick, the greatest head coach in NFL history, he exposes bad head coaches and reeling head coaches. And I'm not saying Anthony Lynn is a bad head coach, but he's definitely reeling right now. And Bill Belichick exposed that. Yeah. And last week when we did our prediction for this, we did a prediction of every game for the schedule. That was exactly the reason I picked the Patriots, the coaching. It's hard to go pick Anthony Lynn over Bill Belichick. I don't care if it's Jared Stidham at quarterback, that I'll take the Patriots in that matchup. And then another matchup that everyone took, the Chiefs. I bl- pretty much everyone would have taken the Chiefs. Chiefs 
22 to 16 over the Denver Broncos. 22-16, uh, it was a lot closer than a lot of fans probably would think. But when you're in a divisional game and those two teams play every year, you got to throw the records out the window. And that's what happened with this game. The Denver Broncos played them tough, but ultimately the Super Bowl champs prevailed. Now this one, this is a surprise here. The Giants 17-12 to over the Seahawks. Colt McCoy at quarterback, that's a shocker. Yeah, this this one is a shocker because, like you just said, Colt McCoy was at was at the quarterback position and he managed the game very well. He did enough uh, at the quarterback position on offense for that team to win. And shout out the Giants' defense. Shout out James Bradbury. Uh, I think he's been playing like an All Pro cornerback this this season. A lot of people like to get on Dave Gettleman, but right now the combination of Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, they have something cooking, and it's going to be a fascinating race in the AFC East with uh, the NFC East with the Washington football team. It's fascinating. That's for sure. Um, I mean, the Seahawks held the 12 points. That's, that's outstanding. Yeah. It, I'm, and I'm surprised, you know, I'm really surprised. Uh, Carson is back. They have DK Lockett. Uh, they, they have their weapons. It's, it's really surprising. You, you have to start to look now. What's, what's the problem? What's going on in Seattle? And uh, they have to rectify that sooner rather than later. And another place that needs to rectify a lot of things is the Philadelphia Eagles organization. They got cheesed by the Packers 30 to 16. Not really a surprise, I don't think. No, it's not really a surprise. It was it's it's unfortunate that we see almost kind of, of a of a demise kind of thing going on with Carson Wentz. Before he got injured, he was he was playing like a MVP. He's getting over a hundred million dollars in his contract. And for him to be struggling the way he's struggling to be replaced uh by a, a second round pick in the 2019 draft is 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 crazy to me. We're gonna see what Jalen Hurst is made of. Yeah and yeah, you said it replaced. You don't just draft a second-round quarterback for no reason. It's a replacement. Correct, correct. Rams, 38, Cardinals, 28. Uh, divisional game, the Rams. The Rams are a good football team. Sean McVay, the Rams are a good football team ever since the hell Murray uh, the Arizona Cardinals have been reeling in their own right. And I think, you know, uh, the Cardinals... They have a solid team. I really like what they have as far as pieces. Again, I have to question their coaching because that's a lot. That's a very talented football team. And I'm not sure if Cliff Kingsbury uh, crosses all the T's and dots all the I's. Yeah, I think the Cardinals are a head, uh, like actual solidified head coach and a couple more weapons and defensive pieces. I think they're just a couple pieces away from being Super Bowl contenders. I think that this is a team with super high aspirations. I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And this game, the Vikings-Jags, this messed up. I would have won a boatload of money this weekend. I would have had <laughs> fat pockets if uh, the Vikings didn't pull some comeback stuff. Uh, I didn't like that. 
Well, you know, uh, the Jaguars are the Jaguars. Uh, they won their first game of the season, and they've been losing ever since, you know. So they're definitely in that Justin Fields sweepstakes, and we're going to see what type of coach they bring in Jacksonville to uh, to develop their new quarterback next season. So this one, I've been saying for weeks that the Bengals were going to win, and uh, you know what? It's actually a pretty close game. Dolphins nineteen to seven over the Bengals. Nineteen seven, and you know if Joe Burrow plays this game, this might be a different looking outcome. Uh, the Bengals hung in there for stretches in this game, uh, but the, the quarterback position is that the, the lack of talent at that position right now because of Joe Burrow injury is is significant, and that is the ultimate reason why the Bengals lost lose this game. Definitely. Dolphins only put up 19 points on the Bengals. So the Browns, and this is uh, this was a big measuring stick game for them. First, like, real tough opponent this year. The Tennessee Titans, they beat them by a score of 41 to 35, and Baker Mayfield looked pretty damn good in the process of it. Yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield, he has uh, stability at the coaching staff. And once you bring stability at the coaching staff, you're a number one pick. If you're a number one pick, you're expected to perform. The reason you got picked number one is because you're a talented player. When you combine coaching stability with a number one draft pick, uh, ultimately things things start to progress. And uh, Odell Beckham not there. You don't have the pressure of throwing to Odell and getting him the ball. You can now honestly see the field, scan the field, and throw to the open receiver. And Baker Bayfield is benefiting from that. So it's weird how like Odell Beckham being out actually has helped Baker Mayfield. It's weird. I mean, I don't get it. You know, you know, it, it, it's not it's not weird at all. You know, uh, Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, he's a he's a, a, a system quarterback. He has to play within a system. And when you're force feeding a number one wide receiver, you're going out that system. You know, so now that Odell Beckham is not with the Cleveland Browns, that puts Baker Mayfield back in the system where he can just be that system quarterback and be above average in that scheme. And I uh, got to shout out what he's doing. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I just I don't understand why he feels the need to just force feed him. I get the schematics of it and all, but and it's OBJ. You're going to want to give him the ball, but I, I don't get why he's got to force feed him like that. But moving on. We have Raiders and Jets. Greg Williams fired by the Jets. 31-28. Rough. Just, just, it, it's just rough. Rough for the New York Jets. Uh, you know what I find interesting? Adam Gase fires Greg Williams because of play calling. <laughs> I, I I think that is I think that's absolutely hilarious, and that's that's the debacle that the Jets and the Jets fans have to endure. I apologize, Jets fans. I do not feel sorry for you, but I do apologize, and and this is the outcome. Hey, I don't apologize for anything. That's what you signed up for as a Jets fan. <laughs> so, Colts top the Texans twenty six to twenty in an AFC South matchup Texans have been playing much better as of late 
Colts take down a hot team after a big loss to the Titans last week. Most definitely, and Texans are playing better football. And when you get rid of a coach like Bill O'Brien, who lost respect throughout the organization, who lost respect within that locker room, and players stopped playing because they tune out the head coach. Now that they he's gone, now that that uh, toxic energy is out the way, the Texans are back to playing uh, with for football that kind of resembles last year. And I can't wait to see what type of coach they get in the off season because they have a lot of talent despite not having. DeAndre Hopkins on that football team. Yeah, they have they have a lot of talent, but they just they never seem to be able to piece it together. I don't know. They're an interesting team, and they're in a tough division too. I think the Colts are going to be good for a while. Philip Rivers at the end of his career probably, but you still have Brissett as well. I think that the Colts they're going to be the top of the division for a while. Lions. 34, Bears 30, and a pretty much irrelevant football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, irrelevant. Next. Saints, <laughs> Falcons, 21-16. And let me tell you, this game was closer than the score. The Falcons had the ball a couple times within the last couple minutes. They just couldn't, they couldn't seal the deal. And, you know, shout out Sean Payton, man. It doesn't matter if it's Drew Brees, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill. He continues to find ways to get the job done and win football games. And the star players still look like star players. Alvin Kamara still looks like a star player despite not having Drew Brees. Michael Thomas, over 100 yards, over 100 yards, two out the last three games without Drew Brees. So uh, shout out Sean Payton and what he's able to do with uh, the quarterbacks that he has uh, on his football team. Yeah, it's definitely impressive. He, he makes the most of every opportunity without his starting quarterback. So, I mean, that franchise might be, well, is in good hands going forward, even without Drew Brees. So we've talked enough about around the NFL. Let's get into what just transpired this week with our Buffalo Bills built in Buffalo, the Bills bunker. We're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills. It's what we do best. So, Hey, Rich, what did you like or not like about the defensive performance from this game? Well, you know what? The defense actually played well in in an area that I thought they would struggle, and that was against the run. The San Francisco 49ers only had about 86 total yards rushing, which was outstanding. And ultimately, in my opinion, the difference of the game, if you stop the rushing attack of the San Francisco 49ers, if you stop them from setting up that play action so they can be successful in the passing game, you're going to win the football game if you put up points. And that's exactly what we did last night. But 316 passing yards for Nick Mullins is a a little bit too much. At times last night during the game, we showed little resistance. And I didn't like the resistance or the lack thereof we showed in certain stretches of the football game. And we're definitely going to have to patch that up. Because if we want to play in January, in February, and who knows with this pandemic, possibly even March, (laughs) if we want to play during them times, we're going to have to play better uh, defensive football within that secondary. So uh, besides that, uh, we played a, a, a very good uh, performance on defense. 
Yeah, I'm going to counter what you're saying about that, um, you know, how we're getting pushed back a lot. Because there's a drive that went 97 yards all the way from our the opposing team's end zone. We were in the red zone, gave up the ball on fourth and goal, and the 49ers were driving downfield. It, they made it look easy. And then a glimpse of their 2019 defense, our bend but don't break mentality, never give up kind of mentality. I loved that. I mean, the goal line stand, I'm going to show it because I loved it. That was, it reminded me so much of last year's Cleveland Browns game. Mm. Hand it off. It's Jeff Wilson. Didn't get there. Woo! Yeah, yeah. It, that, that gets you fired up. And it, it was a hell of a play, man. It was definitely a hell of a play. And it was something that I love to see. The Buffalo Bills was physical last night. We was the more physical football team last night against an NFC West opponent, the most physical division in the NFL. And I, I, I love to see that. Uh, Levi Wallace, we have to do something about that position. <laughs> we we can't be keep talking about the same position two, three years in a row. We have to rectify that. But but besides that, it was it was some stretches where we looked like 2019. And then there was other stretches where we looked like 2020. Definitely. And there's uh there's another thing I wanted to get to our turnovers. And Trey is a beast though, Mike the Kid. Exactly. Trey White with a pick in his last three games. That pick was his 15th of his NFL career. So congratulations to him on the milestone. But hell of a game from our defense. Hell of a, hell of a game. It, there's a reason why his name is Take Away Trey. You can't be Take Away Trey and have no interceptions. <laughs> it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't look right. So Take Away Trey had an interception throughout the last four games. Shout out to him. Yeah, and how about this? Tremaine Edmonds, looking healthier, makes himself look like his freakish self. Definitely. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So let's move on from uh, defense into the offensive performance, what we liked or didn't like about that. Well, you know what? Um, We went to Arizona. We lost on a hell Murray. We came back into Arizona. We found redemption. And that's exactly what it was. What I loved was Josh Allen, 32 of 40, 375 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, we hit, I believe, 11 different receivers. Was it 11 different receivers? Com uh, oh, no, sorry. Completion to seven different receivers. I'm sorry. We hit seven different receivers. Four different receivers caught touchdown passes. So that's something that you you have to really love. Uh, you have to love, even though we didn't make it on fourth and one, you have to love the aggression from Sean McDermott. You have to love uh, him being confident in his football team, him saying we, uh, we, we trust our ability to make this more than we trust their ability to stop it. And I love to see the aggressive nature from our Buffalo Bills. We ran the ball efficiently enough to keep the defensive uh, uh, team honest, right? 
18 attempts, 61 yards from Devin Singletary. We know Zach Moss fumbled. I'll let you get into Zach Moss. We know he fumbled, and because of that, he was in the doghouse. But we did enough on a running game uh, to keep him honest. And I, I love every part of the offensive game plan. And uh, shout out uh, Brian uh, Dable. Brian moved the ball as well. Yeah, definitely. That game plan it was set up to a T. Perfect game plan from the Buffalo Bills offensively. I like exactly what you're saying, the aggressiveness going for it on fourth down twice. We didn't make it the one time, but the other time we did, and it was a touchdown. Something else I liked was how much we spread the ball, and I'm going to show a play from a receiver who doesn't get too much love. Kenzie! So Isaiah McKenzie, and that's just demonstrating what the Bills offense has done all season long. Spread the rock. Josh Allen spreads the ball to numerous receivers. So many games, there's been eight or nine different players with a reception. You don't see that from every team. Not at all, man. And and I I really, you know what the best part of it all? It was on prime time Monday night football where everybody got a chance to to watch the game. The fans, the Josh Allen haters, that's fans, they get a chance to watch the game. The the other NFL players in the league, that's haters that get to watch the game. Shout out Jamal Adams. Uh, shout out Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they had to be watching that primetime football game last night like, this guy is very good. <laughs> Josh Allen is a baller, and you know what? Uh, going to Buffalo for, to play for the Bills may not be a bad idea after all. So we've got a hot take here, and I'm, I'm going to post it. What do you think of this? I also think we kind of wasting Stephon Diggs' talent. Well, I'm going to show a clip, and this this is a uh, more of a heart play, and it, it's something that probably went unnoticed by a lot of casual fans, but more hardcore fans that are. Uh, dissect everything they definitely would have noticed this check it out and both receivers beasley and Diggs, get a block they're blocking team play what else do you want for this is this is a, your number one wide receiver this he is not the biggest of guys he's not dk medcalf or aj brown uh he has a frailer stature and for him to go and make that block make that physical block it was it was it was something special to see. Shout out Stefan Diggs. That's not an easy block to make. Cup blocking is not easy. Trust me. I've been I've looked silly trying to do it myself. But Stefan Diggs also over a thousand yards receiving on the season after last night. So yeah, I really don't know what else you want to see from Stefan Diggs because he's been doing it all this year. Yeah, Stefan Diggs is a is a, a top five wide receiver. He's playing like a top five wide receiver in this NFL. Absolutely. There's one more thing I wanted to touch on about the offensive performance before we move on to our offensive keys for this week's upcoming game. Basically, you were talking about Zach Moss and that fumble. That was very costly. You know, I he was in the doghouse. He wasn't back out there for the rest of the game after that. He had three carries the whole game. And I'm a big Zach Moss guy. I, I'm all about Zach Moss. I preach Zach Moss's running styles like Ezekiel Elliott's to me, but that's just what I think. Um, it's mm. tough. 
it's a tough play. It's a tough situation. And, you know, you fumble the ball, but that is a costly turnover. You can't have that happen, especially going down the stretch. Come playoff time, you can't have that happen. And I'm glad that our defense came to play yesterday. And and it's the way it happened as well. It seemed like it was just a mental lapse or a mental breakdown somewhere in, in, on that play from Zach Moss. It's one thing to fumble the ball because a player made a hell of a play or a player made a hell of a tackle. It's another thing. Uh, it has to be within the mental aspect to, to fumble on an exchange from the one-yard line. So you was definitely doing a lot of thinking before that play and it showed. And uh, this was a good learning curve a good learning tool Sean McDermott used on Zach Moss, and he's going to be a better player because of it. Yeah, I'd expect Zach Moss to come back with a lot of fire and intensity. And we've got a super chat from Brooke. Shout out to Brooke again. Sometimes I feel like the Bills need to get a quick punch in the mouth, like the Moss fumble, in order to really settle in and focus. And, and you know what? Shout out Brooke, man. Brooke's been, ever since she's been heard about uh, Built in Buffalo, she's been joining our shows ever since. So we ap- really appreciate Brooke. Uh, continue to show love. We're going to continue to stay consistently consistent and try to be as knowledgeable as we can. But uh, the Buffalo Bills, we are accustomed this season to our team getting off to a fast start, right? Well, uh, During our winning streaks, we get off to the fast start. We score first a lot. But this is one of the rare times where we got punched in the mouth first. So it was it was very good to see how our team respond. This was a different aspect and a different component the Buffalo Bills was put in. So the way we responded against a physical football team like the San Francisco 49ers is very promising. And it makes the Buffalo Bills scary good. Yeah, I believe this was like the second or third time that the opposing team has scored the first touchdown of the game. And we responded extremely well in an environment that we just had a dagger through the heart a couple weeks back. So I love everything that we did last night. It was a big performance in a big time environment for us. Most definitely. So we've been talking about the offensive performance. We're going to get into our offensive keys to the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. But before I do that, I want to show a clip from last week's show. I like it a lot. Uh, whatever the identity is this game, you know, whatever the identity is, we've been passing, we found success passing, we ran for 172 yards last week. Whatever the identity is for that game, find it, attack it, and stick with it. Uh Find consistency without John Brown. John Brown has been out uh, basically all season, up and down, right? And we haven't found that consistency on the offensive side of the ball without John Brown. And I believe this is the game where we have to find it. We have to find that groove. We have to find that consistency. John, uh, Josh Allen has to be able to be efficient with the football without John Brown being in the football game. So that is something I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking Like that. 
I like that. Um, uh, that that's the clip from last week. Uh, me talking about the offensive key to the game uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. We had to find consistency without John Brown, and and that's something that we did to a T last night. We found that consistency without John Brown, and we looked like we had those explosive players. And Brian moved the ball, was able to really expose. Uh, their defensive coordinator. So uh, hopefully I, I, I hit it on the head this week with the offensive keys against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, was, that, was that a nickname? Brian move the ball? Brian move the ball. Look what the man is doing. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Look what the man is doing. We like to criticize uh, coaches. We like to criticize players when they're underperforming and when they when they making bad play callers and when they call in a bad game, right? Well, we have to give them their flowers when and we have to praise them when they're executing to the level that they're executing. And for Brian moved the ball to have a performance like that on primetime TV, he deserves the nickname. I love it. I love that. So getting back into our offensive keys of the week basically what you were saying before you got to take advantage of our offensive weapons because we have so many readily available to us we saw it in Dawson Knox Isaiah McKenzie there's just too many guys for opposing teams defenses to cover it's way too much it's way too much especially when John when John when Josh Allen is on his Michael Jordan when Josh Allen is on his Michael Jordan, we're, we're, we're really hard to beat. And he was on his MJ last night. Uh, take advantage of our offensive weapons is, is, is absolutely right. That's, that's one of our that's, – that's a main key, and that's definitely something that we should continue to look forward to for the rest of the season. Yeah, this offense, it's, it's a special thing. But they're going to have a daunting task this week. Because we need to find a way to control TJ Watt, and that is easier said than done. Most definitely. And once again, uh, what are the Buffalo Bills going to do against the superstar players? Superstar players, when they play against the Bills, they come in and they usually perform. They usually dominate. Nick Bosa had a stellar game. Uh, Aaron Donald, he came in and he had a stellar game. I believe somebody else performed real well this season as well. So uh, we definitely going to have to do a, a good job minimizing and containing uh, T.J. Watt. Bud Dupree is not there on the other side, so we could put more focus and more attention on T.J. We could have Dawson Knox come in in his motion and help off and chip block and do things of that nature. We could control T.J. Watt. Our offense should have no problems moving up and down this football field. Yeah, they're short. Devin Bush and Bud Dupree, those are big line. And I believe they also lost their uh, other Middle. linebacker after yeah, after yeah. Devin Bush. So And, and Joe and Joe Hayden's their number one cornerback uh, is in concussion protocol. And Monday to Sunday, that's a really short week. So if they don't have Joe Hayden, you know, it, it, we, we, we definitely could have some advantages in that game. They're hurting, and we need to take advantage of it. And we also need to play some mistake-free football. Basically, don't cough the ball over. Don't hold the ball too long if you're Josh Allen. And he did a great job of that this week. He stayed super calm and composed in the pocket. I haven't seen him look like that ever. Like I think that was his best game ever. I've seen him look somewhat like that at times, but that was his best performance in my opinion. Uh, as far as the way he looked for 60 minutes. Now, Josh Allen 
has looked like that in stretches, but I don't think he's ever put it together for 60 minutes the way he's did. Uh, no inaccurate balls thrown, really. Uh, four touchdowns, different receivers, looked poised. He looked confident. The the throw where he threw it over a 6'4 linebacker, it was just uh, amazing. The things that Josh Allen can do, only a handful, maybe a handful of quarterbacks in this NFL can do. Amazing maybe. football we saw yesterday. A maybe. Maybe a handful. Yeah. But playing mistake-free football against the Steelers team on defense that's hurting, a lot of injuries, just don't turn the ball over, no negative yardage plays, and we're good. I think that we win this game if we do that. And I will say this. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have receivers. They have some receivers. We're going to have to do a good job against their receivers. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Washington, Juju Smith-Schuster. We're going to have to do a good job controlling and, and, and containing those guys. The Washington football team, I don't think we have that young, freakish defensive line. But a blueprint that they showed was that the Pittsburgh Steelers, they love to get rid of the football quick. Under two seconds, Ben Roethlisberger is getting rid of that football. They did an excellent job getting their hands up, swatting balls down. We definitely have to take that blueprint. Ben Roethlisberger getting rid of the ball quickly. We have to get our hands up. We got to get our hands in those passing lanes. If we get our hands in those passing lanes, and when they do look to make big plays, we pressure the quarterback, knock him off his spots, I think our defense can uh, can can do some big things in this game. Yeah, and you know what? I got to give a shout-out to you because last week you said Tredavious White would have an interception, and he did this week. He called it, and if we can get some turnovers, that would be great against this offense with all those offensive weapons at wide receiver, like you just said. That's going to be a tough test, but I think our secondary is up to it, and if if they can bring the same fire and intensity that they brought, the physicality to the San Francisco 49ers, I think we have a good chance at holding the Steelers team under 30 points, under 25 even. And you know what? And Bro and Brooke made up an excellent point. And shout out Brooke, man. I don't know, you know, Chris Collinsworth. You know there was a thing with Chris Collinsworth a couple weeks ago and 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 the women were outraged by some of his comments. Shout out Brooke. We Brooke shows that uh women know football. Women have a knowledge of, of, of the football game as well. So we gotta shout her out, man, and we really appreciate her. Uh Jacob, take this away, man. Do we put Josh Norman in this week? We saw how Levi Wallace performed. Uh, I, I, but by the way, that wasn't a flag, by the way, that was a bullshit penalty in, in, in the beginning of the game yesterday on Levi Wallace. But besides that, he struggled. Well, take this question away. I've been a big advocate for Josh Norman and I've made a video supporting Josh Norman because he's gotten a lot of hate from our fan base. He hasn't been available. And when he has been available, he was put up against the Tennessee Titans team as the number one corner. It didn't go well. I don't think Josh Norman's trash. I think Josh Norman is still an average corner. I think he can get the job done. He's got a good knowledge of the game, brings a lot of fire and intensity. I think that putting Norman in this week, or at least rotating him in at times, I think that it could be extremely beneficial for the team. And and you know what's crazy to say? I When I look at Levi Wallace and I look at Josh Norman, I believe that Josh Norman and Levi Wallace is almost kind of like the same player. 
there uh at this point of Josh Norman's career, he's a a a a veteran, older, more savvy Levi Wallace. They're both tall, long, lanky. They they lack athletic ability and speed. Uh they're both aggressive, but Josh Norman has that veteran savvy, kind of like uh an example of his veteran savvy is what he did with the uh Las Vegas Raiders game when he punched the ball out. That's that's Levi uh uh Josh Norman. That's his veteran savvy coming to play when he's in the football game. Yeah, he forces a bunch of fumbles. He's really great at doing that. He can get an interception, he can punch the ball out, just creates turnovers, and he brings that fire to the defense, like really intense mindset. And I got to shout him out for what he's been doing around the community in Buffalo and doing some good things with what's going on in the world. So shout out to him. Uh, we got a question here. Mike, the kid is Jerry Hughes still good. Uh, Jerry Hughes obviously is not the Jerry Hughes from five, six, seven years ago when he had back-to-back 10-sack seasons. But Jerry Hughes is still a very good pass rusher. He's still uh, – when you you have to look at certain things like PFF and, and next-gen stats to really get the appreciation for Jerry Hughes at times where he's not sacking the quarterback. He's still a very effective pass rusher. And shout him out, man, because he's bringing along some guys rather nicely. Daryl Johnson is starting to starting to pop out on the on the on the screen every week. AJ Espinosa is starting to pop out on the screen every week. And Jerry Hughes, uh, you have to give him some some praises for for the young DE's development because they are watching how to be a professional through him. So I think Jerry Hughes is still a, a, a very good uh, defensive end. And just as Peter J says here, Hughes getting after the QB. His pressures are up there with. Everyone, every elite pass rusher in the NFL, and he's exactly right. Jerry Hughes, I just want to say that game against the Jets where he had the sack and then he had an interception on consecutive plays, that's the thing that you get with Jerry Hughes. He's a, he's a fiery guy. He's obviously a leader, and he's the longest tenured member of this team in his eighth season on the Bills. Most definitely. <clears throat> so let's move forward a bit. We've gotten to our offensive and defensive keys to this game let's go with some want to do our coaches corner segment so this is a segment where okay we're coaches uh this week you will be brian move the ball and i will be leslie frazier so you want to start and give us your offensive game plan going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, I'm Brian Move the Ball. I got some big balls right now. I just outcoached uh, Robert Silla, uh, a head coaching candidate in his own right. So I'm feeling real cocky right now. So when I break down the film sessions and I'm looking at Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm paying attention to what's going on with Joe Hayden. Is he playing? Because if he's not playing, my receiver, Stefan Diggs, are going to go off. Or whoever is replacing Joe, Di- Joe Hayden, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to pick on him. And that's going to be a mismatch I'm going to expose for the duration of, of the game. So that's one thing I'm going to pay attention to. The next thing I'm going to do is TJ Watt. The way to 
uh, attack a player like TJ Watt and to make him ineffective is to run plays right at him. So when we have running plays, Devin Singletary, I alluded to earlier, we should run enough to keep the opposing team honest. Wow. Let's run right at TJ Watt. Let's get him involved. Let's get physical with him. Let's chip him with some tight ends. Let's get, let's pull some guards. Let's be physical with TJ Watt and run right at him and show him that you're not going to bully us this game. Uh, if we could do those things, I believe we could be effective. Uh, Josh Allen, one, once again, we got to let Josh Allen continue to be Josh Allen. He is obviously uh, the best offensive weapon. And when he's on, Great things happen when the ball is in his hands. And if he's on early and often again, uh, we definitely got to give Josh Allen the ball, uh, make him uh, pick apart the defense, whether it's uh, the zone or whether it's man. You notice uh, earlier this season, a lot of teams was playing man. Now they played zone because Josh Allen was ineffective one game. And now San Francisco had played zone and he's picked them up apart. So it'll be It'll be very interesting to see what defense the Pittsburgh Steelers go with because I think they have their hands full. If Josh Allen comes and plays his game, uh, the offense will win this game once again. All right, so I'm going to be Leslie Frazier here, and I'm going to feed off your game plan. So, I mean, our offense, is it's been stellar, and we're going to feed off of that defensively. Create turnovers. Give our offense more chances. It's pretty simple. How are we going to do this? We're going to do some dis disguised blitzes, some dropbacks into zone coverage. I'd prefer zone coverage over main coverage, but we're going to switch it up a bit. Run a lot of zone against this defense. I don't like the matchups that they present man up against Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, what's the... Claypool. 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 Mm -hmm. I don't like the way that we match up against these guys man up mm -hmm. so i'm doing some zone some disguise blitzes we got to get in the face of big ben he doesn't hold the ball long so got to make the most of every opportunity we have to hit him and we have to take advantage of the steelers not so great running game i i 100 agree uh the pittsburgh steelers they are, are a one-dimensional football team uh, so we have to break them. We have to break them down. They are one dimensional. We can't have them run the football against the Buffalo Bills. They pass 50 times a game, but they pass 50 times a game and they get the ball off real quick. So our, our corners is going to have to play up a little bit. Right. We know that they have some speed on the outside, but they struggle to throw the deep ball. So we have to play up. We have to be physical. Uh, we have to desire, uh, disguise our blitzes. We have to do some gaps and some and some stunts within that defensive line, uh, confuse the offensive lineman. And if we can get to uh, Big Ben, he's not. Kyler Murray. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not a guy that's going to elude pressure like that. So if we can get in the face of Big Ben, we can cause problems for that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Absolutely. And you're saying Ben Roethlisberger is not Russell Wilson. He's not these guys. Josh Allen's not Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I get the comparison, but I don't, I don't think he's that much like Big Ben. What do you think? Uh, you know what? After watching Josh Allen this year, they it was a lot of comparisons. It's, it's Cam Newton and his other guys, right? Josh Allen is Josh Allen. 
Yeah. That that's that's who he is. Josh Allen is 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 Josh Allen and he's ascending. This is not even the best of Josh Allen. That's the scariest thing about this whole situation with our franchise quarterback. He's still an ascending player. He's still in his third year. He's going to be better next year. So uh, it's, it's definitely a fun thing to watch and a great time to be a Buffalo Bills fan. I love what you just said. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. Nobody swagger that he brings with the calm demeanor, and then he can just, at the snap of a finger, just be fiery. He's a leader, and it's visibly, it's clear. It's clear that he's the leader of this football team. Mm-hmm. Got to love everything about Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So we got some more stuff to get into here. Let's move into our bunker bet segment. This is a this is a fun segment, and uh, we had some hits last week from last week's segment. I said that Josh. Well, I didn't really hit. I guess he he went over my three touchdown prediction, but four touchdowns. That's okay. Okay. We'll take and, it. Uh, I believe you had Tredavious White with an interception as well. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Trey White has been playing um in uh good football lately, man. Uh he's been playing like like he's he's starting to live up to that contract. We was a little worried about Trey White in the beginning of the season. We just pl- we just paid him. He didn't look his greatest. Uh but that's that was uh, a lot of individuals within the Buffalo Bills defense and football team in the last few weeks, it looks like uh, things have picked up. And that's especially for uh, takeaway Trey. And he's proven that he's worth every penny. He is worth every penny. So let's get into the bunker bets. As I was saying, let's start off with our fantasy frenzy. We'll pick our fantasy player of the week. And you're going to go with the same as last week. Yeah, Stephon Diggs. Listen, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Stephon Diggs, eight receptions, 112 yards. I won't add the TD in there because he doesn't – He this looks like a season where uh, Stephon Diggs may only get about five touchdowns. You know, he has three, I believe, right now. He may get five or six. Uh, eight receptions, 112 yards. He's just a mismatch nightmare. It doesn't matter if it's a number one corner on him or not. Uh, he just sees the field so well. If it's a zone, uh, he knows how to find his soft spots in the zone. If it's man, he knows how to uh, he knows how to get away from man coverage. So Stefan Diggs is due for another big game. I like it. I mean, Stefan Diggs, he's consistently consistent, just like us. So Cole Beasley, eight receptions, ninety six yards, and a touchdown. I'm picking him up for fantasy and. This isn't in our fantasy league, but I made a silly mistake of dropping Cole Beasley this week in fantasy, and I picked up Debo Samuel because I thought the yards after catch, they were going to rack up, and Cole Beasley lit it up. I've lost that fantasy game, and that might uh, that might yeah. ruin my season. And you should have lost. And you, the disrespect, <laughs> the disrespect of Cole Beasley, this best slot receiver in the NFL. But I understand, man, uh, he's he's wishy-washy some games with the Buffalo Bills, right? But he came through at a great time last night. The reason Cole Beasley is being dropped in my league is because it's a six-team format. So there, it's not a very deep league. That's why. But mm, Yeah, makes sense. Deep, 
in a deeper league, I'd be keeping Beasley. So let's get into some stat predictions for this game. You want to start this off? Yeah, man. Uh, we have to shout out again. I like this. We talk about players when we criticize them. We have to give them their flowers when they're executing. Dawson Knox, a tutty, back-to-back game. Shout out my boy Cody Finney, by the way. Uh, back-to-back games with the touchdown for, for Dawson Knox. And the Buffalo Bills, I, I believe they figured out a way how to use Dawson Knox. We have to use him sporadically. We have to use him sparingly. We can't be consistently using Dawson Knox because that's where the inconsistent hands come to play. Dawson Knox is a scary player when we are going to uh, Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley and, and, and Devin Singletary and Zach Moss out the backfield and Isaiah McKenzie is like, yo, we got to cover all these guys. And then we hit Dawson Knox. It's like, shit, they got Knox too? That's exactly how we got to use Dawson Knox. So I got him going for a touchdown for his third consecutive week. And Micah Hyde, I think, is is playing uh, underrated, very good football from the safety spot the last few weeks. He has a big game and an interception as well. So talking about Dawson Knox, Rick, he says he loves the block by Diggs on the Knox TD. I love it so much. I showed it earlier, and I'm, I'm going to show it again because why not? Why not? And both receivers, Beasley and Diggs, get a block. They're blocking. Unselfish. Okay. Team play. Unselfish. Heinz Ward-like. <laughs> Heinz Ward-like right there. I don't know. You're, you're a little young. You're a little wet behind the ears. I don't know if you know Pittsburgh Steelers' Heinz Ward. <laughs> I know who it is. But Heinz Ward-like. <laughs> uh, you dig? <laughs> so... Continuing with our stat predictions for this week, I'm uh, I'm taking Diggs to have a touchdown pass. Yes, you read it right, pass. So there's a play in the red zone, and it looks eerily similar to the Cole Beasley touchdown pass we saw against the Chargers. I don't know if you noticed, but to me, it looked like Diggs thought about passing it for a second. He's in the backfield. I'm going on a limb, and I'm going to say this is the week. We see a Stephon Diggs touchdown pass. Brian Dable's going to draw it up against the Steelers' defense. And Bill's defense are going to allow under 100 rushing yards. That's, you know, our run defense. It hasn't been the best this year. But after seeing that goal line stand against San Francisco and knowing what the Steelers' run game is, I think that this is a week we allow under 100 rushing yards. You know what? I like it. I like it a lot, and it's definitely possible. And we should. We should. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been struggling rushing the football. If they get off against us rushing the football, we're going to end, we're going to be in for a whale of a ball game. Definitely are. So we're going through our bunker bets here. You want to go into our score predictions for this week's game. That was our stat predictions, but let's do our score predictions. Let's do it. So I've got us winning 30 to 24. Okay. Uh, 30 to 24 victory. And, you know, I've been thinking this one through a lot. Steelers are a defensive team, obviously. They're missing bodies. 
And after what I saw against the top five defense in the San Francisco 49ers from the Buffalo Bills this week, I'm confident enough to say we're going to put up another 30 against them. And I think our defense has been coming alive clearly. Getting closer to the 2019 form, not quite there yet. There's times where it looks exactly like it, and there's other times not so much. I say we hold Pittsburgh to 24 points. I like it, man. I like it. Should be a fabulous ball game. What do you got? 31-24. Buffalo over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, our offense, I think right now we're clicking. I think they're going to be clicking some more come Sunday night. I believe the Buffalo Bills, we like playing on primetime football. Uh, as long as the scheduling, everything is is organized like it's supposed to. As long as everything goes the way it's supposed to go, I believe the Buffalo Bills, they really enjoy this type of setting. And they're going to prove their worth again this week. And our defense is going to make enough plays to win the ball game. 31 24 Buffalo over Pittsburgh. And you know, the thing, we're both taking a high score here. And uh, something to take into consideration is the weather. Because the weather's supposed to be pretty nasty in Western New York Sunday. But I think that the Bills, I think they'll just push right through it. If the weather's nasty on Sunday, uh, I know Pittsburgh plays in, in, in the cold as well. But I just like our, I like our chances even more. They cannot run the football. They're a one-dimensional team. When you talk about nasty weather, we got Josh Allen, who likes to run as well. as a, He's a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is not. Uh, I like our chances in that game if, if the weather's nasty. I do, too. We're going to show some uh, score predictions before we give you our Tuesday night trivia question. So 37-27, 27-20. Thirty-four twenty-seven for my guy Cody. Seventeen to ten, taking. I like it. I like it. Defensive standoff. Thirteen to twenty-nine, and for the fantasy question of the week here, let me get this. Um. Okay, I don't have it for you, but I'll just say it. So prior to last night's game, when was the last time? The Buffalo Bills won on Monday Night Football. Mm. You've probably seen it. I'll post the first one to get it right. But uh, yeah, that's the, the trivia question. Nice, nice man. And it's it's been it's been some time. <laughs> it's definitely been some time. When yeah. the last time? We've got it. Ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine. Excellent. Excellent. We're all watching the same game. 1999. I like it. I like it. Buffalo Bills fans through and through. Gotta love it. So I think that's all we've got for tonight's show. We, uh, we're doing a Friday night forecast. That's what we started this last Friday. And it's, it's fun. We're going to forecast around the NFL. And we're going to forecast more of what to expect in the Steelers game. It's not a weather forecast. I see the comments about the weather already. It's not a weather <laughs> forecast. It's a Friday night forecast for what to expect in the big matchup against the Steelers. Make sure you check that out. And check out all the great content on Built in Buffalo and the Bills Bunker YouTube channels. We're all over the place. Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, uh, you everywhere, name it. everywhere. You name it.
everywhere. We got to get a switch. We Twitch is coming next. Twitch is coming next. Uh, oh, we definitely got to get on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely got to get on a couple more, man. But you know, uh, we 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 doing what we can right now, man. So with that, is there anything you'd like to say to end the show? Nah, I think you did a great job, Jacob. Bill's Bunker, every Tuesday night, 9.30. We appreciate the dialogue. A. Rich, Akeem Richens. If you don't know us by now, get to know us, Built in Buffalo. Appreciate y'all. Have a good night. Yes, sir.